Uh, from Philippians in chapter 3, probably this time of year, more than any other time of year, um, we hear, I, and I've heard just this week too, incredible uh, messages just from these verses of Scripture. Paul is, uh, he's imprisoned, and, and yet he's writing these things to those that love him, he loves, that he's thinking about them, they're thinking about him and uh, as he begins to close out the letter, really kind of about the middle of the body of the letter, he begins, um, we'll just pick up reading in verse 3. If you have your Bible, he says, for we are the circumcision. He's under pressure, under a lot of criticism from his form, former uh, Jewish brothers uh, concerning the track that he's taking now in Christianity. And he says, for we are the circumcision which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence at all in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinks that he has whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Need to note verse 7, even underline it. Yea, doubtless I count, and I count all things but loss. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And I do count them but dung or manure that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith, through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being more conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Jesus Christ. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And then verse 15, Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything... Ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal it even unto you. Now there are tons of great truths in just these verses that we've read here, but I just want to make note of a few things that are on my mind this morning as I read them and as we share our time together today. Of course, I'm a big believer that God intended our lives uh, to be managed by and, and progress by remembering what's memorable especially those things that God has spoken to us and done for us. I spoke this past Tuesday night about, in fact, I, I entitled the message Regal Remembrance. I taught it almost five years ago. I use the word regal because it's a word that refers to something that's executive or administrative. And by that, not to go over what I went over Tuesday night, but by that what I mean is, and what I think the, the Spirit of God was working to communicate to me is, is that we can make all of us can make, without exception in the room today, executive decisions about the things that we remember. 
We choose to remember. Just because something gets into your head or comes up from the inside of you doesn't mean you have to dwell on it. You and I have been, we have the ability, God-given, and that we're, we have authority in Jesus' name to cast down wrong thinking or to cast down hurtful thinking or painful thinking or to just, again, make an executive choice when it comes to what we will dwell on and what we'll allow to shape our lives because that's what happens. We are becoming what we're thinking on. As a man thinketh, Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's not what everybody else thinks about you. It's what you think about yourself. And what we want to think about ourselves as Christians is what God thinks about us. We want to see ourselves as God sees us. Can I have a good amen? We want to think uh, in, 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 in agreement with the Spirit of God who is the mind of Christ. And so that's always, that's always a battle. It's something we're always working at, renewing our mind, thinking more and more like Jesus all the time. And so there's certain things that we do need uh, to remember and bring from our 2016, bring from our 2012, bring from all those years ago that God has spoken to us, God has done for us. We don't want to ever forget those things from the rising of the sun to the going down of the saying, the Bible says, the name of the Lord should be praised for all those things. So God wants us to stay full of everything that Jesus has spoken to us. In fact, Jesus said concerning the Holy Spirit, he said, when he comes, and he's here, he's living on the inside of us if we're Christians. When he comes, he's going to bring to our remembrance everything. Not just some of the things, but everything that Jesus has ever spoken. If you thought about it, God doesn't want you to ever forget even one thing that Jesus has said to you. He wants you to remember it all. He wants you to remember it all. He wants you to keep uh, God's word up and first in your life. Praise God. But they're also, in managing life and progressing in life, from what we just read, there are things that all also must be forgotten. In fact, let me just go through these points with you, okay? Number one, as I read down through Philippians in chapter 3, uh, Paul was in pursuit of something. Did you notice that? He's pressing towards something. He's pressing toward something that he can mark, something that he can set as a goal, and there's a prize attached to the goal. Okay, my goal may be to lose 25 pounds. The prize is actually doing it. Okay, whatever your goals are coming into 2017, don't let anybody judge you about it. But if you've got meaningful goals, just understand that the goal is not the prize. The prize is actually reaching the goal and celebrating the goal. Amen. If it's to be in church, what a great goal. You know, every week, every Sunday morning, worshiping God the first day of every new week, you set that as a goal, the prize is actually doing that, yeah. All right? And what a great thing to set your heart on. But, and I've heard a lot of inspirational messages taken from Philippians in chapter 3, but I don't want us today to miss the very essence of what Paul is talking about and what he was really in pursuit of. And it's not hard to do. But what he's actually in pursuit of, watch this, is being Christ-like. If we were to read through it again, he would talk about knowing Jesus. Really knowing him deeply. Knowing him intimately. That's what the word know in the Greek here means. Also means the same thing in the Hebrew language. It refers to a man and a woman in the Old Testament actually sleeping together. Having intimate uh, sex together. 
Okay, I'm talking to adults today. And knowing them in the most intimate way. And, and we want to know God, and God wants, already knows us this way. He wants us to know Him that way. And one of the things that Paul set his heart on was to know God. And to know God the Father like Jesus knew the Father. To know Jesus that way. To be Christ-like. He uses the word gaining Christ. He uses the word, he, he refers to Christ's righteousness. Or, you know, he would see, he would watch Jesus. He would observe, you know, talk to, I mean, he would observe him. We don't think Paul understood Jesus or because Jesus was already raised from the dead. He wasn't alive physically on earth when Paul came on the scene, so to speak, you know, but he, he observed Jesus and he watched Jesus. He talked to those who knew Jesus. He prayed. He, came, he wanted to understand Jesus. And he wanted more and more to be Christ-like. He, he saw the righteousness that was in Jesus. He wanted his life to be like that. He saw power. He observed power in Jesus that he wanted to know, the power that raised Jesus from the dead. He also wanted to identify with the sufferings that Jesus went through, the sufferings that Jesus, again, suffered because he lived godly. And so Paul wanted to be like Jesus in every, in every way. And sometimes I think that goes missing when we study these verses of Scripture. The real goal he had in life was to be more and more like Jesus. He had Jesus, but he wanted to understand him. You know, he also understood that even though he had Jesus living on the inside of him by the Spirit, that he, he, hadn't, he wasn't everything he ought to be. Instead of just getting condemned over it like many of us do and stopping there, what he, he decided to do was just press in and get to know Jesus more and more and to emulate that. I don't know if you have anybody in your life. I have a couple of men in my life in particular, that, you know, if I could, and I, I, know it, I know you can't do this, but if I could, I'd be like them. I mean, I'd just be like them. I, I admit that. My, my pastor, Pastor Charles Neiman, is like that. I don't know what it is. I don't know fully the connection. I know it's divine. It's God-given. He is my pastor. But when he speaks, I listen, and I, I want to learn from him. And when he just says it in a way that I can really grasp it and I can get it I like the way he walks I like the way he talks I like the way he dresses I like the way he does so many things it's kind of weird but I, I, I love him so much I would love to be actually I'd love to be him which is not possible so I can be like him in some ways as long as I don't lose my own uniqueness that makes sense to you you know chief Eden is somebody I just admire him I, you know I just tell him all the time I I just, you know, I love him. I, I just admire his courage, his leadership, uh, what he is uh, to his wife, his children, what he is to our community. And see, I knew him when he was working at, at Department of Motor Vehicle. He went in there and he flipped that thing and made it really productive and got rid of corruption and, and turned that thing around. And then we'll just, I've just watched him. He's been in my life that long. I've watched how... You know, he's been faithful over what God gave him to do. He did it heartily as unto God. And God has just promoted him and promoted him and promoted him. And he may not think being chief police is a promotion, but Gordon, it is a promotion. And you have to remember that with everything you do. And I watch him. I, I just see the courage that he operates in uh, you know, every, every week, every time we have a chance to visit, like we had again last night, catch up a little bit. He's truly up against it, and I hope you're praying for him. But I just see these qualities. You know, the devil would just love to 
drag them out of him and, and destroy them and, and, you know, get Gordon uh, to be someone who's just, you know, kind of dark and about life and, you know, negative about, you know, his job. And, and yet I just see time and time again because he lets the Spirit of God work in him. I just see him rise to the, the occasion. And so a lot of times I want to be, be like him. And, uh, and all I'm trying to say is, is that I think that Paul, the more he learned about Jesus, the more he just wanted to be identified with, with him. It's what he yearned for. It was his, his goal. The second thing I want you to see from these verses is that he, what defines us today doesn't have to define us tomorrow. Paul said about himself, he said, you know, I, I'm not perfect in fact, the perfection he mentions isn't human perfection, it's Jesus' perfection. That's again what he's after. It's, there's only one perfect, there's only one good, and that's Jesus. And so the perfection he was in pursuit of was not his own human perfection, it was being Christ-like and reaching to the perfection that he saw in Jesus Christ. And so that's what he was moving toward and reaching toward with his life. Can I say it this way? It was his primary reach in life which was to, will you do this in 2017? Would you just say, God, help me to be more like Jesus? Every day, God, that's my goal. My goal is not to be the best I can be. My goal is to be like Him, to love like Him, to forgive like Him, to care the way that He cared, to sacrifice the way He sacrificed, to get up every morning and pray like He That's the perfection, Lord, I'm after. And God, I'm thankful that you work in me both to will and to do of your good pleasure. Amen? That's the hope. We're not doing this on our own or by ourselves. Amen? Again, the second point, though, is he said, I haven't apprehended. And I just take courage from that because he gives courage. He gives encouragement in what he writes here. Whatever shape you're in this very moment isn't the end of your story. You need to get that today. I love that thought. It doesn't matter, good or bad, if it's temporal in our life, that means it's subject to change. If you're not where you want to be today, guess what? Don't quit. Don't get discouraged. Don't cling to 2016 or some year in your past. Go beyond that. Be encouraged. Because today, just because it's happening today doesn't mean it's over. There's a book being written. And you're ending with the chapter. And so that's, I, th I just hear that in Paul's voice. He says, you know, wow, that's the goal and if, for Paul to say this, if anybody could say, man, I've achieved some pretty good things, and he shared some of those details of his life, he said, I'm not even close. But he wasn't quitting with that. He was saying, I, I, I'm, I'm in pursuit. I'm apprehending what God called me for, which was to be like him. You can press on from where you are. There is something more than you can be and something more than that you can do. Don't you dare. Let the devil sit on your shoulders and just weigh you down in a brand new year. Shrug your shoulders powerfully in the name of Jesus. Put him under your feet. He is the accuser. He is the liar. He is real. We have a battle against him. There is spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. But you and I have the victory in Christ Jesus. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. 
And someone may have convinced you long ago that you're not worth anything. That you're not worth anyone's time. You're not worth God's effort. And all of that would be a lie. Because God has always dreamed on your behalf and He's got something great for you. And if this, if this teaches us anything, it teaches us that. That whatever we are today, we don't have to stay that. Even if we love it, there's more growing to do. Amen? Because sometimes the enemy of great is good. The enemy of excellence is just being satisfied and being mediocre. You don't have to strive and work and toil, you know, uh, in, in yourself. You, but you can still excel and you can still thrive and you can still move forward. Don't you want to do that in a new year? I do. I don't want to preach the same. I don't want to pray the same. I don't want to be the same. I'm okay. 2016 was wonderful. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But there's some good things back there and there's some bad things back there that aren't worth keeping me in 2016. God's got something greater for all of us in this brand new year. Amen. Number three, I, I learned from this that part of forward movement doesn't just involve remembering things, but also again, letting things go, moving past them. Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Again, I've already said this, so I won't spend a lot of time on it. But we don't, we don't forget everything. We don't remember everything. We all need to make better choices when it comes to our thinking, what we choose to remember, what we choose uh, to, to forget. Again, Paul in this context said, forgetting those things which are behind. But sometimes we think he was just talking about the bad things that had happened. When that wasn't really the case because he had listed out all the things that were gained to him. And there are things that are gained to you. All right? And some of those you'll want to take forward, but some of those things you, want, you won't want to take with you. Well, what would those things be? I think Paul specifically, because he took time to list out these things that he had accomplished. But those were all things he had accomplished in himself. Apart from God. They were applauded by others, and they were even applauded by himself, within himself. But he said, I've left those things go. Why? Because they didn't glorify God. They didn't honor God. They were about me. And there are some things that are considered gain in our life. By our, again, we consider them gain. Other people look at our life and say, wow, look at that. But you know what? They don't really speak of Christ. They don't glorify him. We did it. That's prideful. And so we let all of that go to embrace Jesus Christ moving forward. Does that make, make sense to you? And we let them go in order to make more room for Jesus as we move forward and as we move ahead. Amen? I'm going to ask God to help you sort those things out in life because there are things we really do cling to. Again, if I had time, we could just stop here and really think on this, but there are things that are good in our life, have been good in our life, but we achieve those things. As odd as it sounds, we achieve those things on our own. Well, I'm educated. That's why it happened. I'm talented. That's why it happened. I can sing better than everybody else. That's why it happened. I made so much money because you know what? I am a wheeler dealer. I know the markets. I know how to get it. I'm a, man, I am a natural born salesman. I can do this thing. And, 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 and there are things that are, again, not wicked, evil, horrible things. But there are things that we consider good and gain in our life. And yet there are things that keep the fullness of God out of our life. 
Listen to me, trusting God more and more is not a weak place. I'm sorry, did you hear that? That's really humility. Trusting God more is not a weak place. Some people look at Christianity, they say, you know, if you weren't such a weak person, you wouldn't believe in God. It's just your Christianity, your religion's a crutch. You couldn't really make it in life. Pastor Marshall pastors because he couldn't, he couldn't do anything else. He couldn't even sell shoes. By the way, when did selling shoes become dishonorable? Turkey. Oops. Did I say that out loud? I was thinking of Thanksgiving, 2016, turkey. Just came to my mind. Okay. Hello? Here, can I, can I help you with something? Whatever you do in life, whatever your career ministry is, draw a line from that to the kingdom of God. Whatever you're doing, whatever you're going to do, just draw a straight line from that to the kingdom of God. Connect it. Amen? And give it eternal, and eternal worth. Praise God. But we don't want to trust in ourselves. We don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I want to trust God more and more. I want to make more and more room for Jesus moving forward in my life. How about you? And that's what Paul was saying. He said, I'm going to let things go. In fact, I'll let anything go. If it keeps me from knowing Jesus in that greater fullness and being more full of his presence and his spirit, I will let it go. I, I took all of these other things. I devalued them so that Jesus might be more valued in my life. Want to live a big life in 2017? Let Jesus really be Lord of your life. The last thing I have to share with you, a fourth principle. It's not the only one, but the fourth one from here is that gaining the fullness of Christ will require our singular attention. Gaining the fullness of Christ will require our singular attention. Where do I get that? Paul said it this way. He said this one thing. Everybody say one thing. He said this one thing I do. There's a psalm that also goes that same or takes that same tact. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days all the days of my life. Wow. This one thing I do. It makes sense to me because our highest and best can only be produced by giving our highest and best to what is most important. Actually to the one who is the highest and best. Hands down. John 17, 3, Jesus said this in one of the last prayers he prayed with his disciples. He said, and this is life eternal that they may know thee the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. He just defined life, eternal life, as again that knowing, having that personal relationship with, with God. And Paul is saying that. Paul is saying the one thing I, I've come to this conclusion, even as I've walked with Jesus, I'm preparing to die. The one thing I have come to really know is this, and, and that is uh, I, have to, I have to make this my focus. I can't let other things take my focus. Throughout the scripture, we're urged to understand the importance of first things. In fact, it's the name of our television program, First Things. I thought today, what a great opportunity. Again, you don't have this, but every, what, seven years or so to actually do this, to where on the first Sunday, on the first day of a brand new year, we can do something like this together and many miss that opportunity it's gone it's done 
You know, and I just think wise people see these opportunities and they get right in there and they do something to do something with them. And so, you know, this is one of those first things that we do. Seek first the kingdom of God. You're going to get the opportunity to do a number of things this new year. But you and I want to seek what? First, the kingdom of God. It's probably one of the most important principles for building a great life is to, uh, to give ourselves to what's most important. And so as we're coming into this brand new year, I want to challenge you guys. Uh, let's do this together. It'd be more fun if we do it together. I said it'd be more fun. I mean, we'd like to have more fun in 2017. Oh, come on. I mean, I mean I'd like to have more fun, more enjoyment in 2017 than I had in 2016. I had some really good times and good laughs. You heard some really good jokes last year from me. Okay, okay, so we're not in agreement on that yet, all right? But we're going to work on it in 2017. But man, this, this is a tremendous opportunity. You work, woke up this morning, you could breathe, your heart was beating, you could get, up, get yourself dressed or somebody else dressed, you know, and here you are and you're worshiping God. Let's do this. Let's be all in this year. Come on, let's be all in this year. Even God said, even God said, I'd rather you be cold. I'd rather you be hot than to be just kind of lukewarm. Because I just, ugh, and I don't know if you've ever done that, expecting to take a hot drink and it was lukewarm, or a cold drink and it was kind of, you know, you want to spew it. Just has, it's not tasteful. And why wouldn't it be tasteful to God? Because God is excellent. There's never a moment God doesn't give His best and give His best away. And I just think if we want to, follow Christ in this new year and our prayers to be more Christ-like. That'll show up in our life. I, I want to be all in. I don't want to be lukewarm. In fact, I want to be asking for more. I want to be all in, not lukewarm, and I want to be asking for more. How about you? It's throughout the scripture. Psalm 103 says it this way. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Amen. It goes on to say, bless the Lord, forget not all his benefits. There's another forget not message. But here we go into a brand new year. Get your whatever back that you lost in 2016 when it came to your walk with Jesus Christ. Go ahead, leave it behind. Say, I'm sorry to whoever you need to say I'm sorry to. Get back up on your feet. Take up your stand in Jesus Christ. It's time now to be moving forward, compelled by memories that are God memories and also for these goals of being more Christ-like, achieving more concerning the kingdom of God, what God has made us for as we, we move forward. Don't you be the one who makes excuses this year don't you be the one who gets talked out of God's very best for your life. Don't you let yourself get so beat up and so beat down. There's a lot of help around you. A lot of people could come rushing into your life at any time. God is waiting, just waiting for someone to whisper, help me. And God's going to be there in your life. And I tell you what, God can move. When God moves, you move. When God makes his move, you move. Amen.